Good morning, good morning. Okay, if you are in the building, if you can start making your way to your seats, if you're online, hello, good morning. I'm so thankful that you are joining us today on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> if you um, are new to joining us this morning, my name is Kara. I'm over community and connections here at River City Church, and we're really glad that you are with us. If you um, are in your homes or if you are in your seats, if you would actually stand up with me, um, there are going to be some pictures on the screen for you to reflect at as I read our morning psalm this morning. And typically we have the psalm on the screen for you to read along. And the intention this morning of the pictures is that you would be able to either close your eyes and simply absorb the words from scripture or maybe be able to reflect on the image while hearing scripture being read. And so if you um, would listen with me and reflect as I read aloud. Oh God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. You have always cared for me in my distress. Now hear me as I call again. Have mercy on me, hear my prayer. The Lord God asks, son of men, will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols when every claim that's made for them is false? Mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call to him. Stand before the Lord in awe and do not sin against him. Lie quietly upon your bed in silent meditation. Put your trust in the Lord and offer him pleasing sacrifices. Many say that God will never help us. Prove them wrong, O Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you have given me is far greater than their joys at harvest time as they gaze at their bountiful crops. I will lie down in peace and sleep. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. And so this morning we gather together for the one purpose of being gathered around your name to lift you high. We gather around to glorify your name because you are the one faithful and true, ever loving, good father. And so we just invite your presence in its fullness into this space, into every home and into every heart that is participating this morning. We invite the fullness of heaven to come invade our morning, that we would meet with you. May we not depart without meeting with you. God, would your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is this morning. It is in your name that we pray. us is not dependent upon our actions or our works, that you never stop pursuing, 
that you never stop loving, that your, that your character and your nature remains the same through all days and all ages. And I thank you that you are restoring all of the earth back to you. And it is a promise that we are secure in, that there is no darkness that will get the final say that there is no burden that will crush us. That there is no place in our lives or around the world or circumstance that you will not insert yourself with and overcome it with the light of your love. would just rest in this gratitude, this, this holy gratitude that you are so good and so kind and so loving and you never stop working even when we can't see it. You're always moving. And I thank you that we can trust you with every heavy burden that we have. I thank you that we can trust you with our hurts and our pains. And I thank you that you enter into them and you hold us. You're so, so good. So God, we just, we lift your name high above every other name. And we proclaim that there will be a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. This morning, we lift it all up to you. Would you come and have your way with us? I'm going to introduce some people and I just want to preface this this way we're going to do a this is creative Sunday which in our rhythm is our third week of the month but we're going to have a family testimony today and we've been waiting for the right opportunity for this to happen for a long time and so the last time I was in the room with the people that are going to be sharing today was 28 years ago and there's a lot to the story in that scenario, I was actually holding one of them as a baby in my arms. You'll have to guess when they come up which one that is. And I want to give some space for the next few minutes for this story. And so if you wouldn't mind just giving your full attention um, as we invite Jordan Hamilton and, and the people connected with him. <laughs> Oh, wait, right here, sorry. No, wait, actually. <laughs> Wherever you'd like, yeah. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Um, it's good to see you all. I am a very blessed man to be standing in front of you this morning. Um, and I don't have any memory of that. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to say too much before I give the microphone over, but... Um, standing behind me is my birth mother, 
and my parents who raised me. And for those of you that don't know, I was adopted at birth out of Kennesaw Hospital. And um, Kenneth Stone, thank you. I was, it's in Kennesaw, right? Yes. I'm new to town. Um, and um, I wanted to, I had a thought uh, right before getting up here. It was kind of cool just that this has been referred to, this church has been referred to as a hospital, a place of healing. Um, I know I've experienced some of that being a part of this community with you all, and I'm very grateful to have been a part of it for the time that I have been already. Um, and the last time a lot of these faces were in the same vicinity of each other was in a hospital room, and um, I think that's kind of sweet. So, um, yeah, I wanted to start with prayer real quick. I've, always, I've grown up hearing about this moment uh, when I was born where everyone gathered around and prayed, which is just evidence of how blessed I am, that like everywhere I look, there's like attention on God. It's crazy. Um, I want to start with prayer, just as a way of honoring that moment, and, um, and I'm going to hand the f- microphone over. So God, thank you for your presence in my life and your hand in my life undeniably, um, and your relentless love. Thank you for the continuation of that and the ways that it's inexhaustible, how I get to know how much you love me and how this community has taught me more about that in ways that I would have never anticipated. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, to give you glory and attention for your work in our lives and including us in the story that you're writing. Um, it's in your name we pray, amen. Oh, I'm a crier, so I'm hoping I can get through this. <laughs> um, but, um, gosh, there's so much to this story. I don't know where to begin, but I'll begin at the beginning. Uh, 28 years ago, uh, actually it was 29 years ago, I was at a, we were at a very um, kind of dark place in our lives. Um, you're going through infertility um, as a couple. Uh, struggling with that, finally after a few years getting pregnant and then losing a baby and um, wondering where God was in that and um, really uh, praying a lot and uh, seeking him and getting to a place of surrender where I said, okay, God, um, this is what we desire. We desire to be parents, but it's not happening, and um, we don't really know what you want for us. So whatever that is, we're surrendering. We're uh, leaving it up to you to uh, make that plan for our life and, and see what you had for us. And so we surrendered. Um, we said, you know, we've always been open to adoption. We will adopt. We didn't have any money. We couldn't go to an agency. We didn't know, you know, how that was going to work. So we just said, whatever. You know, where our lives in your hands. And then about nine, nine months later, well, about, yeah, nine months later, uh, <laughs> which is kind of cool, um, we get a phone call, and uh, it was this young 16-year-old girl um, who had heard about us through um, my sister, who was a teacher at the time, and... Uh, and she started asking us all these questions. Um, <laughs> how will we? <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, you know, 
she said she'd pray about whether we were going to be the parents of her baby or not. And um, then soon after, we got another call. I believe God is, is, uh, wants you to be the parents of my baby. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the, the, uh, besides Christ's gift to us, this was the greatest gift we could ever imagine. And um, we were in awe. I mean, I, I can't even describe. You can imagine. So uh, we got to, to meet her the next few months, her family. Um, and uh, then soon after, May 19th, we got a call. This baby was being born. <laughs> and uh, we had this wonderful child placed in our lives. And uh, we will be eternally grateful for this woman <laughs> and for Christ, what he did in her life, what he did in our lives, what he did in his life. Um, I, I, there's so much. There's so much there. Um, and I could go on and on about what the Lord has done in all of our lives. It has been an amazing story. And um, I know I'm taking longer than my one minute. So <laughs> um, I just, I just want to Thank you for this church and what it's meant to him um, and uh, for this wonderful family, her family, and um, just thank you all for, for being a blessing. And just my encouragement to you today is you just never know the end of the story when something happens in your life um, and you surrender to the Lord. He does more than you can ever imagine. It's a story you could never write yourself. <laughs> and um, just trust him for that because it will blow your mind. Yep. It still is blowing my mind. And every time I think of it, it blows my mind. Yep. So that's my portion. Yep. <laughs> Who's next? That was awesome. <laughs> She has an illness that I caught yesterday from crying. I caught her leaky tear illness yesterday, so I'm trying not to do that this day, but I might. Um, I'm not going to talk long. A lot of you guys know me already, so you know my story because this is my church and, you know. Um, I think I'm just going to talk about present because I can't even, like, my story, I'm going to speak in October to the crisis pregnancy center that walked with me in that time. That's the first time I'm going to share the whole story. So I'm going to focus on right now because, like she said, it's even right now it's hard to put into words, honestly, what's going on with us. So I'm going to focus on now. Um, I would say starting out in this next chapter when I met Jordan, um, I, there's a dear friend of mine, prayer partner, that I didn't remember doing this, but um, I posted on her wall. She had some stuff going on and needed prayer, and I'm definitely going to cry. And... Um, I post on our wall, like, you might, it might take 24 years, but you keep praying and you're going to get the desires of your heart. And it was right. I looked at it and I was like, and I looked at the date and I was like, that's when I met, that's when I met Jordan for the second time, which was such a, a cool gift. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank these two guys for, man, not only answering every prayer I had, but it's exceedingly and abundantly more than I even thought 
And that's how amazing God is in our lives. Like 29 years later, and these are my best friends. Like that's, he's faithful and keep praying. I promise he will come through. Just keep praying. It might take 24 years. I told him yesterday, I'll wait 24 more years. I was like, no, no, I wouldn't wait 24 more years to meet you. <laughs> I took that back. And to Jordan, I would say, um, the last time we were all together, I was the only person that saw your eyes, which you know that. And I have loved looking in your eyes every moment since that. So thank you so much for being a part of my life in the way that you are. You've, you've completed our lives. Legit. I was waiting my whole life for this and didn't even realize how much I needed it. And that wasn't just you. That was this, like all of us. It had to be all of us. So thank you. Um, as each one said, we could go on and on for hours with the different aspects of the story. Um, but I, you know, I'm an attorney, so I could talk, I could say my name for hours. Um, <laughs> So uh, I'll try to be brief um, until the judge cuts me off. Uh, but anyways, when, when we adopted, and, and, and I want to just tell a little brief part of the story, but before I go there, I want to thank the church for what you guys have meant in Jordan's life. Um, it is, it's great to see how God has worked in his life, but I think it's through the, the relationships that he's established here. Um, and that's very important, and I thank you for that, for, for uh, just really uh, speaking into his life. Um, my part, uh, as far as the story is, where we were and the other lives that, he, uh, that God has uh, impacted through this life. Um, at the time we adopted Jordan, I was fresh out of law school. I was working in a firm in West Palm Beach, we were insurance defense, we were working hard. And then all of a sudden we did adoptions and I said, wow, this is cool. Um, I could do this. And um, we, we moved to the west coast of Florida and God directed me into certain areas. I, I contacted certain people. And as a result of that, God has impacted, I've, I think I've done over 350 adoptions. Um, I tell my story to all my couples. Um, I, I start out every conference with five minutes of a personal, this is adoption. And I can talk about it because I've personally experienced it. Um, and so it's, it's a great avenue. Uh, the stories that I could tell regarding the adoption is just incredible. I say that to encourage everyone that God has a story for each one of us. Um, and that story, um, you may think, is, is minimal. Don't ever think God has anything that we do is minimal. But he can impact everyone's life. And just like this, this story can impact so many other people's lives. It has. Um, it has impacted so many folks. And so I'm thankful for, as Jeannie said, those dark times where you're not thankful for them, but it causes you to learn and grow. And, and what happens is, years down the road, um, he, he uses that for good. Um, and it's been incredible getting to reconnect with Aaron, um, you know, meeting Josh, uh, and, and just, it's just as incredible. Meeting people 
that I haven't seen in 28 years. Um, and it, it's just great how God continues to work. So that is our little story. And uh, I'll, give it to, I'll give it back to Jordan. But I, I just want to say, as an encouragement, God's, God's blessing and, and his working through our lives, uh, as Jeannie said, is, is something that many times we can't see what is down the road. Just as long as we're available, boy, he can really work through that. Um, really quick, I wanted to say this and forgot that happens with me a lot. Um, when I, and yeah, 28 years ago when I decided what I decided, I knew that your parents were yours, obviously, um, but I knew I would know you. I knew that. I knew that at the time. I had no idea I was going to get to know y'all like this, and I'm so thankful that you're my, one of my very best friends, for real. You've helped me so much. I love you very much. They have a group text. I'm in it. Um, um, yeah, my heart's really full. And I am sitting here listening to all the themes. I'm excited to be able to share this moment with all these faces because I love you guys deeply. Um, and... And you guys even sharing about the change you've seen in me after joining in, in this community means the world to me um, because I feel that, you know. Um, that's a testimony of itself, you know, praise God. Um, and um, there's been a ton of moments that it's not the right time to share that have been really personal and revelatory and everything with God as a result of this adoption. Um, I just want to do a few things. One, I really want to honor Aaron for the decision at 16 years old to put me up for adoption and, and place me through faith into a life and an upbringing that has equipped me in so many ways and empowered me in so many ways that you could have never known and you were just trusting in that moment. And like I said yesterday, I think that is... That is, and I've told a couple of you this, I think that's probably one of the great, if not the greatest act of love I've experienced in my life. It's for you to have done that. Um, the, the, um, so thank you. Um, yes, and, and, I, and God writes a better story. You know, I love that. Um, the second greatest thing was always knowing that I was adopted. You know, I get asked like when, when did they tell you? <laughs> when did they break the news? Um, and and it was a, a real thing as far as the word family for me that I always knew that. Um, the word adoption didn't have any conflict with family. And um, I knew I was raised with my family. And so I'm a little overwhelmed at the moment because I consider you all my spiritual family. Um, and I feel like I can say that with confidence because you are teaching me what that means. Um, I'm getting to learn about how to practice that and, and invite that into my life in knowing all of you guys. Um, and, and so, yeah, I like the word family is just a big part. I feel like I look around and I see family, you know, is what I'm saying. Um, so I didn't, yeah. Right, yeah, for sure. We're among you like the Illuminati, by the way, right now. We're like... <laughs> You don't know where we are, but we're here. 
Um, and I didn't work out how to get out of this, but I just wanted... <laughs> um, but, but RCC has opened up um, space in the past for us to share our testimony, and so the heart of this was that, as well as that all of us have individually experienced the power of God continuing in sharing the story. Um, and living in it is like awe-inspiring enough just to know the specifics is crazy of like the dates and the, like all the orchestration of it all. But in being able to share that, our hope was that your faith could be encouraged because we know that we have experienced that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I guess where I would end was um, uh, they're here for today. And if you guys have anything that you want to talk about or ask or anything like that, we wanted to open up after you know the service today. If you guys ever want to approach us and talk about anything, we're here for it. Um, that's that. Thank you all. Uh, before we move on, I just want to also acknowledge there's three people um, that are also a big part of the story that are here in this room, and that's Hollis, Ann, and Karen. And so if you're back there, I just want to say I just am very thankful for all three of you in so many ways. And so it's awesome to have you here with us. Roll Tide. Um, now I'm gonna get to invite uh, just an unbelievable person for Sarah and I in our lives. Dr. Johns, would you rather speak from here or up here? Down here, okay. Um, and I just wanna share a little bit more about both of the doctors, there's Dr. Johns, plural, in the, in the front of the room. Um, both of them are gifted in so many ways they would never tell you about. Um, from empathy to wisdom to, um, I believe, two voices that the church in America needs right now. And I'm not, I don't think it's just our, I think the whole church in all of America, every one of them, needs the voices that they both represent. And so it's such an honor. Anytime... Dr. Cheryl Johns, you get to come share with our church because it's such from God. And Sarah and I value your voice in our lives so much. And so, and then also for you as we sat in your presence, just the empathy and humility and wisdom that just oozes off of you. I left y'all's house that time and I was like, I'm nothing like him. And I was almost beating myself up and she was like, yeah, you're right, you aren't. So she also jumped in on that and beat me up. Just kidding. You did not. She was blown away by, by just talking with you. So just for you to know. Um, so today I've invited Dr. Johns to come share. She's not actually preaching from Ephesians 4, but when I called and told her what we were focusing on, she said, that's interesting. I'm actually preaching on that at Lee University Chapel tomorrow. So God has orchestrated lots of stuff, and um, her voice is always important to me. So if you wouldn't mind giving your full attention for the next three and a half hours to Dr. Johns. Thank you, Pastor Josh. I am used to teaching in three-hour blocks, so I'll just get comfortable here, everybody. We'll take a 15-minute break and come back, and, and we'll go. Um, no, I really feel like I don't even need to preach after that wonderful testimony, Jordan, and your family. Um, I mean, the word has been preached today, hasn't it? 
it's been preached and we we get to see the fruit of faithfulness and good decisions and the grace of God and love and mercy and grace and all the things I want to speak on today um, are are right here in this story and I was reflecting I listened I watched last week's service and those testimonies oh my goodness it so much mirrored what we are reading and you're going through Pastor Josh in Ephesians of you once were but now you are and you're putting off and you're taking on and you're being transformed and God is creating something new and what I love about this creation of God and the newness of this creation is that it's deeply personal each of us are transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ but it's also very corporate so the Lord is creating new communities and you are a new creation River City you are a new creation of God and you bear that so well and the Lord is at work in the larger creation doing something wonderful and new and we're part of that so I want to just kind of go I'm in Ephesians 5 so you want me to go to 4 but I'm, no I don't want I'm, I'm gonna do 5 I don't want to take what Pastor Josh is doing but this first part of um, Five. I just want to talk a bit about here this morning. And um, I'm going to begin reading here in chapter 5, verse 3. Uh, and, uh, well, I could start with verse 1 there. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as proper among saints. And let there be no filthiness of foolish talk or crude joking, which is out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or covetous or greedy that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And I think I will stop there. So we live as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, all that is right, and all that is true. And let us take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. As I mentioned, those testimonies from last week are testimonies of being transformed out of some dark places into the marvelous light. And there are, this, this story is ongoing. It's all over the world. And I love, that's why I think we should never shut down the telling of testimonies in church or stories. Because what happens is 
I can see how the light has been in your life. And, and, and the power of testimony is that it causes the reality to which it points to be. So I am saying something about the love and grace of God. And as I am giving witness or bearing witness to that, it comes. That's wonderful, isn't it? So I can say, God has graciously and abundantly pardoned me and brought me out of darkness. And all of a sudden, that same power is in the room. It's in the room. And we have a friend who does a lot of interfaith work. And, you know, when you're with people who are not of the Christian faith, they may be Muslim or Hindu or Ski or whatever, a lot of times we think, well, we're just going to present to them this great gospel and they're going to... But our friend who does a lot of this is just give them your testimony. I was sick and the Lord came into the room and healed me and, whoa, that's wonderful. And um, he pastored a church in Knoxville and got to know uh, a lot of the Muslim leaders in that community. And one of the uh, imams who liked to ride motorcycle, put that together, um, he had a, a fatal accident and was killed. And his wife, uh, our pastor friend, was the first person his wife called for prayer. So that power of testimony, never give up on that. It, it creates the reality to which you're talking about. It, it, the spirit comes. You see, the spirit comes in our words. Spirit comes in our stories. So never, ever give up on that. And you've been journeying with Paul through the book of Ephesians. And such a wonderful book and such a powerful book. The first part of this book is uh, all about what God has done for us. You know, we have been chosen. We've been, we sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. His lavished his grace upon us. It's just wonderful, wonderful. And then he gets to four, one, and therefore, you know, it's, now I'm going to get down to the nitty gritty with you. Paul had been in uh, Ephesus for two years um, in his missionary journeys and had stayed there and had fruitful ministry. He had come into conflict with the uh, people who were making silver idols to Artemis, the goddess that they were worshiping. But overall, his ministry in Ephesus was a powerful ministry. And he had taken a group of people out of this kind of pagan culture and walked them through for two years. We think of Paul just going from place to place. He did, but he stayed too. And walk them out of the dark, okay, walk them out of the darkness into the light and founded a church there. But as often happens uh, after he left, the culture of Ephesus began to kind of creep back in. You know how easy that is. Paul's gone. Hmm. So let's sort of, and so. The putting off um, was somewhat abandoned in the sense that they began to put on more of the culture around them, the pagan culture, and the sexual immorality that was associated with the worship there of Artemis and Diana. 
the um, the greed uh, that was known for the Ephesians. And, you know, people would come from all over to this great temple and then they could make money. And so he, we, we were talking about that and look, looking at that in the scripture today. And there was evil talk, slander, um, a lot of drunkenness in the church. And he says here in chapter 5, uh, don't be filled uh, or don't be drunk um, with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's having to write to them as a pastor and telling them, you know, just remember who you are. And so he starts with that. You know, you're chosen in Christ and grace has been just lavished upon you. And you are living in the great mystery of Christ. If you were to look through the book of Ephesians, the word mystery is all over the place. And if you know me, and I've talked to y'all about this a lot, I love that word mystery. I just love that word mystery. It's just so wonderful. It, mystery is not like, as Jordan was saying, the Illuminati, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> that they know things. And um, I had a student who uh, actually thought the Illuminati were after him and he would move from apartment to apartment to apartment. Um, but this mystery is this ever-deepening, widening, growing awareness of the kingdom of God in Christ. It's the mystery of Christ. The mystery before the foundation of the world. It's the mystery that God has to restore all creation through Christ. It is the mystery of godliness. It's the mystery of God's love. And it gets deeper and deeper, and you go deeper into that mystery, and it opens up more. And you go deeper into that mystery, and another door opens. And it's unending. And it's not like, this is what's so wonderful, people. It's that not just a few people get to know the mystery, you know, like the ones who are really in on it, but it's open to all of us, all of us. And I have found sometimes that mystery is most profoundly revealed among the uneducated, among the barely literate, among those on the outside. They sometimes seem to have a greater grasp of the mystery than the intelligentsia or the highly educated. And that's contrary to the pagan Greek culture where they, they thought that peasants barely had a brain, you know. But now we see where the Spirit of God comes in in these earthen vessels so that it is not our wisdom, but it is God's wisdom. It is not our power, it is God's power. It is not our wealth, but it is the abundance of God. So all the things that the world values is just turned upside down in this mystery. We um, are therefore to be distinct in this mystery as people of the light. And Paul uses terms here twice in Ephesians. He says in chapter 1, and then he says it in chapter 4, you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. I wish you could see. If I had one of those little gun-like things that would read things, you know, with little laser things, and you could see what's on your forehead. You're marked with the seal of the Spirit. That's why I love to, when you pray for someone with oil to make the sign of the cross 
on them. Or when we are at an Ash um, Wednesday service and we make the sign of ashes on the cross, we're marked, we're marked, we're marked. We're marked with the seal of the Spirit. And, and that seal is um, we're, we're held now for the day of redemption. I'm a sign, when I'm marked, I'm a sign of what's coming. For the whole world will be marked. Everything will be marked. But right now, we're being marked as testimonies of what is coming. And the church at Ephesus had forgot that they were wearing the mark. And they began to go little by little back into this kind of pagan culture. And, you know, Ephesus was a pretty cool city. It was kind of Atlanta in some ways. They had a, a coliseum of 20, that would seat 25,000 people. They had the second largest library in the world. My husband, Jackie, was saying this morning, next to Alexandria, they had 12,000 scrolls. Think about that. They were the cosmopolitan city. And they, it's so insidious. I want to talk to you just the last few minutes about culture. Culture is the air we breathe. Culture is like the water we drink. We're born in a culture. We're born in a family culture. We're born in um, a community culture. I grew up in rural South Carolina outside of Greenville, a little place called Powdersville, which is now the up-and-coming, fastest-growing community in South Carolina. But when I was there, it was just a little farm community, you know, where everybody related to one another. But I grew up in a culture of, of segregation, a culture of white supremacy. I grew up in this culture. I grew up in a wonderful church culture, a church that my great-grandmother had started. Um, I grew up in a family culture. We grow up in, um, you know, this River City is its own culture, but each of you have your family cultures, and we live, you live in Smyrna, which is a culture in itself. It's different than Cartersville or Woodstock. It's the Smyrna culture. And there's nothing wrong in culture to be part of the U.S. culture, to be part of a Southern culture or whatever culture. There's nothing wrong in that. It's just sometimes uh, we are not aware of how parts of that culture can be contrary to this great mystery of the gospel. And we begin it, um, to, because it's so, so around us and part of us, we just begin to move toward that culture in an easy kind of relationship. And it's not like there's not much of the rub. And we're not really different than the culture. We just love Jesus. Well, Paul is saying, mm-hmm, you're going to be really, uh, you need to be really different than the culture. Love Jesus, but G loving Jesus means you live in the light of Jesus. And there is this, what the um, scriptures called in the ancient document Didache calls the, the two ways. And they make it pretty clear. It's not three or four ways. It's the way of light and the way of darkness. And the principalities and the powers of this world have the way of darkness. Not that there's not light in all cultures. 
not that there's not light, because the scripture here says, you know, wherever there is light and truth, there is. I like to find it in cultures. I like to find it even in non-Christian cultures. I like to find it in non-Christians. There's light and goodness. All truth is God's truth. Light is light. But in Jesus, there is light. There is the light. There is the truth. There is the way. And it has its own distinct calling to us, its own distinct culture. And it asks us to let go of some of those things in our culture that may be contrary to that light. As I said, I grew up in segregation. You have to let go of that racist culture to be in the culture of Jesus. You have to let go of a sexually immoral culture to be in the culture of Jesus. You have to let go of the F word just going out in all kinds of times and ways. It's so ubiquitous today, isn't it? And Paul says here, don't use that kind of talk. Don't be profane in your speech. Don't be profane in your relationships. Because the culture of Jesus is light, and light is holy. And we're to be holy. Now, I can't do that on my own. And we're not required to do that on our own. So the wonderful thing about this is that we go, as Paul says, from grace to grace to grace. In a Wesleyan tradition, we go deeper into sanctification. There's this great river of grace that runs through River City. And it's a, a river that we get baptized in, and then it wants to carry us deeper. And it wants to carry us deeper. And it carries us deeper. And we go deeper in that river of grace. And it keeps renewing us and sanctifying us, using the words of John Wesley, so that our hearts then are made perfect in love. Not that we're these kind of perfect little human beings that don't do anything wrong, but that our hearts are being set afire with love for God. So there's no room for love for anything else. So if I have this passionate love for God and the world, then I don't have room to love a profane culture. It doesn't attract me because I am so deeply and passionately on fire of love for God that I become almost like this flame of love for God. What's a saint? A saint's just someone who's on fire in a flame of love. Just a one pure flame of love. That's how we get to be a saint. And we're moving toward that. And Paul is moving the Ephesians toward that. So that as we live in this culture today, American culture, all that Christianity kind of gets stewed in that pot, you know. And, and the flags get bigger and bigger. Y'all don't have one in your church. Y'all need about five down the front, you know, just around that. And a few banners would be good, too. And um, I'm patriotic. My father was a disabled veteran in World War II. So I'm suffering every day. So I'm, I'm a patriot. I'm just not a nationalist Christian. I belong to the kingdom of God. That's my first love, you know? And 
Therefore, I have to say, there's certain things I love about that culture, um, but I, there are certain things that I'm going to have to go on the rub here. I'm going to have to walk away from this. I'm going to have to walk away from this because I am of another place. I am of a, another calling. There is another mark on me, another seal on me, and I live to that cadence. I walk in that rhythm, and I walk in the Spirit. I'm walking in the rhythm of the Spirit who sanctifies me daily, and it's a penitent life. You don't just get to confess once or twice. The, 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 it's a penitent life. We're always turning, turning, turning so that we can become a light-bearing uh, culture. So when people walk in your home, or, they, or with your family, or they are just with you, or they're with your church, they will say, there's something different here. Something different here. They should be able to say that. There's something different here. You love more deeply. You, you're not profane. You don't harm people. You're not racist. You're not sexist. You're not immoral. Your speech is different. Something different about you. And there's that fragrance that comes out of us, the fragrance of Christ. It's just too easy to become pagans. And, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. <laughs> is that there are a lot of people walking around who think they're good Christians, they're just pagans. And I, that's judgmental. Maybe I need to pray over that. <laughs> but when I hear their speech and when I notice their, what do they love? You know, that tells me a lot. Are they greedy? Are they profane? Are they want to harm people? Well, that's the way of the world. And we are not to live in that. So I ask today that we would seek to be continually renewed and transformed into the image of Christ. Seek ongoing sanctification. Guys, that's the most wonderful, beautiful thing. To be set on fire with holy love, passionate love. So there's no room for anything else but that holy love. And I want to confess to you that I struggle with that sometimes. And I have to go to the Lord and say, Dear Lord, help me here. Help my judgmental spirit. Help my unforgivingness. Help my sense of entitlement. Help forgive me and give me more perfect love so that I might be transformed more into the image of Christ. So we go from grace to grace, we go from darkness to light, and we live the cruciform life by whom we are marked. We're marked by that cruciform life. So thank you for having me back today. And I know that you're in a wonderful journey. Go deeper, deeper, deeper into that mystery, into that holy flame of love and tell the stories tell the stories tell the stories because people are drawn to that and they want what you have so desperately 
And if you're here today and you might say, I, I am kind of marked by some real pagan ways. The Lord loves you with an everlasting love. And he loves you so much, he wants to transform you into the life of Christ and to be made more and more into that image. May the Lord do that in your heart. May you open your heart to being transformed, renewed, changed, altered, and become that wonderful flame of love in a world that so desperately needs it. Pastor Josh. If you'll stand with me. Thank you so much. There's been four times now, I think, in the past two years, Dr. Johns has uh, spoken what I believe to just be from God and I just, I just want to today, I want to give a moment before we sing the doxology in closing for anybody who just wants to share a word or two of thanks to God. Just from your seat, as awkward as it is, just something that you are thankful for from God just for the next few moments before we sing.
May the Lord bless you and make his face shine upon you. Jesus, we thank you for this community and for the community surrounding us. We thank you for the gifts that you've given us today. We thank you for the Hamiltons. We thank you for the Turners. We thank you for the Todds. We thank you for both Dr. Johns. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for repentance, confession, and sanctification. You're a good God. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.